to see a performance of the musical Oklahoma, which was at the Tennessee Performing Arts uh, in Nashville. They had seen a version of Oklahoma much earlier on Broadway in New York City, and the idea that we might uh, see this play and might hear the beautiful Rogers and Hammerstein music again, I mean, it was just exciting to, to all of us. Uh, there was just one problem. Uh, none of us who ordered tickets really paid attention to what the title of this production actually was. It was Oklahoma Revisited, <laughs> which clues you in that it wasn't exactly what we were anticipating. And you know what? I just have to say, as good as it was, and I expect it was great, it was truly disappointing. Now, that's how John the Baptist felt when Jesus showed up to be baptized on this particular day. He was truly, deeply disturbed and disappointed. I mean, he had just been preaching. Roy, Roy read the passage about, you know, fire coming from heaven when the Messiah comes. When the Messiah comes, God is going to take the bad and get rid of them. And God is going to bring hope for the good. And yet here Jesus came standing before him with the sinners, with the lawbreakers, with the broken people of the world as if he wasn't identifying with the judgment of God. He in fact was identifying with people who were in need. British scholar uh, N.T. Wright says about this passage of scripture that Jesus comes to fulfill God's plans and not our plans. And even the greatest prophets among us sometimes miss it. I think the truth is that a lot of us miss it. I miss it all the time. You know, what, what does God say in Isaiah 55? God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And if you and I ever needed proof about that, just look at what Jesus teaches. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the meek, for they're the ones who are going to inherit the earth. Now what is that, what is that saying? What, what it's saying is that our idea... That the people who win in this world are those who are the self-made folks. Those who work hard. Those who grab for life and take the bull by the horns and, and, and force their will on the world. And Jesus is saying the people we think win actually aren't the ones. The ones who win are the ones who open their hands and trust God and have patience and wait. It's not what we think. It's not what we plan. There, there's another place in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus indicates that, that, that war heroes, indicates that those whom we idolize because they have been victors in war are actually not the ones and somehow that, that, that win in the long game. In the long game, Jesus says it's the peacemakers who are called children of God. And then on top of it all, Jesus has this, this terrible phrase when it gets down to the bottom of the, of the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount. He talks about how when somebody slaps you 
on one cheek, when somebody insults you, when somebody hurts you and wrongs you, that we are to let go of this desire that is just natural in us to get even and for revenge. And instead, we are to forgive and turn the other cheek. Jesus comes to fulfill God's plans, God's way, and not our way. And we struggle with it. Just like John, we struggle with it. Uh, a few years ago, my family, our teenage, we had teenagers at this point, went out uh, for a vacation in Los Angeles. And it was a uh, holiday weekend, 4th of July, and we were going to a patriotic um, a patriotic musical event that was at the Hollywood Bowl. And we got stuck in L.A. traffic. Now, if any of you have been to L.A., you know the, the joys of the traffic there. It makes uh, the traffic in Nashville, the traffic in Atlanta, look like a piece of cake. Uh, in fact, in fact, I... I heard this story about this taxi driver out in L.A. He, he went to pick up a lady uh, and to get her to the airport. And, of course, they got stuck in traffic, and she began to get anxious and worried about whether she was going to get there on time. And she said, sir, she said, can't you go faster? And he said, yes, ma'am, I can. He said, it's just the company doesn't want me to get out of this car. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it was. We were in this traffic. We'd been... We, we were headed toward the Hollywood Bowl. We, we were stuck and moving at a snail's pace for over an hour. We'd gone about half a mile. And all of a sudden, this, this dude, this California dude, like you, Mark, <laughs> this California dude comes in in a van very much like mine, right like this, as if he's going to merge into traffic ahead of me. I looked at him, he looked at me, it was game on. <laughs> I'm going to let this dude get ahead of me. So the car in front of me, I scooted up really close to that car. And every time that car moved forward, man, I would move right with him. I would watch him take his, his uh, you know, foot off the brake. I would just move forward with him. Just, just like. And then, I don't know, we got teenagers in the car. I, 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 I got distracted for a half a second. And this fellow got three inches of his van right in front of me. And the only way I could go forward was if I hit him. Now, I really thought about that, right? <laughs> but I, I could have let it go. I could have been a bigger person. I could have let it go. Except this guy turned back at me and laughed in my face. And I counted the number of people in his car. I counted the number of people in my car. My teenage boys were big. I counted them, and I thought, we can take them. <laughs> Road rage about to happen right there in L.A. See, this idea of turning the other cheek, this idea of not paying back, you know, tit for tat, that sort of thing. That's just not, it's just not easy to get a hold of. I mean, it's why John the Baptist, when, when Jesus comes, John, John is going, Jesus, what are you doing? He comes to be baptized. John just doesn't know what to make of it. He says, I don't need, I mean, you don't need to, yeah, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. He just, 
He's struggling with what Jesus wants him to do. But Jesus gives a wonderful answer. And I've actually never really noticed this until studying the passage this time. But Jesus says, now in the King James Version, he says, suffer it to be so for now. My scripture says, let it be so for now. Let it happen now. He says it's proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. And, and what I hear Jesus saying to John in that is, John, I know you don't understand what God is doing in this yet. I, I know you, you don't get it yet. But let's do what's right. Let's do what God wants us to do now. And one day you're going to understand. One day you're going to see. See, I, I think even Jesus struggled to fully understand how God was going to use his own suffering to bring hope and life to this world. I think Jesus struggled with that. You know why I think that? It's because in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was arrested, before he was crucified, and before he died, while he could envision that those things were about to happen, Jesus said, I don't want to do it. You remember? He prayed, Lord, take this cup away from me. But then he said, not what I want, but what you want. Jesus knew the struggle. And so that's, Jesus says to John, let, let us do this together. Let it be so for now. And here's what I think is so wonderful about the God that we serve. When you are called to serve Jesus, when you are called to follow in Jesus' way, God never, God never just sends you out there alone. God doesn't send you by yourself. God's going to help us along the way. And, and one of the main ways God helps us, at least in the early days of our, of our life of following Jesus, is by baptism. This, this baptism of Jesus is, is a moment that strengthens him and empowers him for all of the hard work of living this different God kind of way of life that Jesus is about to live and model for all the rest of us. And he needs to be empowered by God in order to accomplish that. What happens in his baptism? First of all, it says that the heavens were open. That, that, that just simply means that there was, there was no barrier between God and Jesus, God in this world. In Jesus Christ, God was present. It says that the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus like a dove. That's the power of God. That's the strength of God for us to do what we can't do. And then it says that a voice spoke, this voice of affirmation, you are my son in you. I am well pleased. And when you and I are baptized, listen, we, we experience a similar thing. We experience heaven opening to us. In other words, we experience forgiveness of our sins. So there's no longer any barrier between us and God. Forgiveness brought about by the death and resurrection of Jesus. We experience the power of the Holy Spirit poured out into our lives to help us live this very different way that God calls us to live. You know, I think it was only the work of the Holy Spirit 
that kept me from road rage that day in L.A. But it was the Holy Spirit that helped me. And then there's this voice of affirmation. And, and, I, and I love this so much. What, what happens when you are baptized, when I am baptized, is it says that God has chosen you and that you are precious to him. Did you know that? That God has chosen you. You. And you are precious to him. Folks on Facebook, did you get that? God's chosen you. And you are precious to him. We need that affirmation. Oh my goodness. We need, we need the power of God in us. We, we need to know that we are forgiven because living this new way of God is a challenge every single day. You remember Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer? He, he, he made such a difference in the life of the church. He, he brought the church back to faith. He brought the church back to Scripture. He renewed the church in wonderful and powerful ways. But you know what? He struggled with that. He had such a hard time accomplishing that work. And there were some times he had self-doubt and he was ready to give up. But you know, they tell the story that in those times when he was so discouraged and he wanted to give up, that he would literally shout, I am baptized. And that was a power and a strength that helped him live more effectively following in this different way. So here's what, here's what I've learned, you all. I've been at this a while. Here's what I've learned. When I decide that I'm going to say to God, God, I, I will let go of my ideas about how my life ought to be lived. Or God, I'm going to let go of my ideas about how my family should be. Or about how my kids should be. Or about how the church should be about how things should go. When I, when, I, when I say, God, I'm going to let go, and for now, even though I don't fully understand, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. You know, what I discover is always, every single time, God's, God's way is so much better. And all the things that I thought I wanted, all the things I thought I need are provided for me anyway with blessings untold on top of it. So, just to end, just a little story. You know, you know, over Christmas holidays, Lynn and I and the family were down in, in Florida, right? So, with kids and grandkids, it was great. I don't have quite as many as you, Maureen, but I have a bunch, you know, I'm happy about that. So, we drove back, and we chose to drive you all last Sunday, which was New Year's Day. We thought, oh, New Year's Day, a little bit less traffic on the holiday, a little bit shorter drive back to Chattanooga, you know, get back, no, no stress, we'll just be all relaxed. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, we were driving north on 75 before the, the Florida state line, there had been this terrible, terrible accident, and every single lane was detoured off the interstate. Now, I'm convinced that all the people in all those cars 
had the very same GPS I had because we were all routed the very same way. Hundreds of cars, thousands of cars going on these back roads, which would have been fine, except there were stop, four-way stops all along the way. Have you ever tried to get hundreds of cars through a four-way stop speedily? It just doesn't happen. So after we'd been on it for 10 minutes, Lynn said, let's just go off-road. Let's, let's just go. I said, I don't have a map. She said, you know, we'll figure it out. I said, I don't have a map. I know that if I follow GPS, I'm going to get there because it's going to get me where I want to go. If I go off-road, who knows? We'll end up going back the way we can. I'm not going to do it. Well, I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. About five minutes later, she said, I want you to turn at this next uh, opportunity, and, and I did it. You know, I did it because I love my wife, but also I'm kind of scared of her, so I, I, I did it. No sooner had I made that left-hand turn than my GPS rerouted, and we had saved already 10 to 15 minutes. And it took me on some back roads where nobody else was, and brought us into I-75 above all of those four-way stops and the major traffic jam. Praise God, it was the most wonderful thing. You all, that's, that's what giving up this determination we have to pursue our own stuff, that, that's what it does when we say, God, I, I don't fully understand what this is all about and why you're headed in this direction, but God, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to follow you. When we take that risk, it always, it always ends up in joy and blessing. And God gets the praise. So it's the new year. You're starting out. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things you're thinking about. Where are you feeling God nudging you to say, try something else, try something new. Trust me a little bit more. I promise you it'll be blessing. It'll be blessing if you'll let go, as John did. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. Would you join me in performing?